This is the Everything Podcast, the most non-PC podcast of the PC era. Hey Lou, would you kindly drop a bomb on him? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 63 of the Everything Podcast. I am your host, Lou from the BX, a.k.a. Dominican Lou, Louis Balboa, the Lou's Canada Podcasting, Louis Schmurda, Bo Lou, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, and today... You are tuned into episode 63 of the Everything Podcast, which is going to be an endgame non-spoiler, spoiler review impressions. You know how much, you guys know how much I hate saying review impressions of the film, what I thought, how it left me, yada, yada, yada. So first of all, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for all your love and support. Everyone who's uh, taking the time to send me any kind of message in regards to the show and how I'm doing and how everything's going. I really appreciate you. And I'll talk about all that stuff on, on, on later episodes. I got a couple episodes in the tuck, but, um, for right now, I got to tell you, I, I, so I've seen Endgame. Okay. I've seen it twice. I saw it Thursday night and then I went and watched it again. Friday afternoon, well, early afternoon, like at noon. Actually, it was eleven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but who's counting? Um, and I, I don't want to go ahead and jump right into this, but um, I'm gonna. So before we get started, um, let me just let you know, I'm gonna talk about this movie in a non-spoiler fashion for about five minutes, and then I'm gonna spend however long. Uh, this is going to be completely spoiler-filled. So, if that's not something you want to listen to, I will let you know exactly when I'm done talking about this film in a non-spoiler fashion. And then you can uh, just stop. You know, save it. Come back when you see the film if you haven't seen it yet. But uh, I'm not going to hold back once the spoiler alert comes up. So, just be prepared. So, Endgame. 11 years of build-up. And we finally come to the conclusion of 11 years. And one, my first thought is um, emotional. This movie was, and you've probably seen this around, I'm trying to keep it as vague as possible for the first portion of this podcast this movie was an emotional roller coaster um it kept me on my toes throughout um the character arcs in the film were excellent i thought every payoff that i wanted got paid off literally and that never happens um every payoff that i i wanted I I hate to repeat myself, but I got everything that I was looking for from these characters. Well, at least 99.99%, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I just... I fell in love with uh, two characters in this movie. And um, I don't know if I want to say who it is now, because it might lead to some kind of spoiler action. So I guess I'll leave it out. But I'll talk about it later. Um, 
I just literally fell in love with two characters in this movie. Um, not only two, but I'm saying I literally fell in love with just two characters, and I wasn't expecting it to happen. Um, Josh Brolin as Thanos was fucking <laughs> fantastic in this movie. This is probably for me. Um, probably the most complete Marvel film we've gotten so far. As far as build-up and plot is concerned, this is probably the most front-to-back complete film experience uh, that that I feel like I could have gotten. Now, when you stop and you go back and you think about the first film, which was Iron Man, and you go back these 11 years it's a little bittersweet for me because although in Marvel I do trust um we're never going to get this again in in the form that we got it I don't think we're ever going to get this again yeah we're going into phase 4 um as soon as Spider-Man is finished we're going to be starting phase 4 I'm not sure exactly which film is going to start phase 4 but we're never going to get this again this this whole cycle that we just went through, you know, going from film to film to film, and the and the slow burn and build up that we've had over eleven years, twenty two films, I believe, if I'm not counting incorrectly. Um, I don't think, not that I don't feel Marvel can pull it off, but. Um, just the way things are right now as far as how comic book movies are being presented and how, um, how it was when this started. Uh, I actually watched Iron Man last night and I was actually, I hadn't watched it in a while and I was actually taken aback at how, I don't want to say violent, but at how the, how dark it was it's pretty dark i mean him being captured by the 10 rings um them doing minor surgery on him and uh, him being tony stark uh and just how many people died in that movie uh how visceral the the fighting was between him and iron monger and uh him and the 10 rings when he was attacking them in golmira the way those movies have progressed from then to now i i i don't think going into and this is just in my mind the way the culture is right now with the you know social justice and all these other things in the in the in the ether affecting films as we've already seen some things happen with captain marvel and and i'm not saying captain marvel is a is a negative on the you already know my feelings on that film uh, it's not my favorite, but you know, it's it's a good movie in in a fleet of excellent movies. Okay? But you can see where um just and I don't mean so much Marvel and the movie itself, just the way the public has reacted to it. Um I think that's gonna affect things going forward like kind of forcing Disney Marvel to kind of like diversify for the need of diversifying. 
Um, and it might affect just how things go. Um, and again, this is just me speculating, in my opinion. And, and I just feel like we're never going to get this 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 kind of payoff again. Like it's, I'm sure they're going to come out with some kick-ass movies. I'm going to be the first in line. I'm going to be I'm going to be the one getting the first showing Thursday night, sitting there with my shirt on. Um, obviously, but I just don't know if we're going to ever get this. Was so perfect that I I just don't know if we'll ever get it again. Like I when I say emotional. You know, people use that term emotional roller coaster. I've seen it in I haven't read reviews on this movie yet because I try to stay away. Even after me seeing the film, I still haven't really watched too many reviews. I watched one and um I read one and I watched one. Uh shout out to Jason Richardson, it was a great review. Um I just when I say that phrase emotional roller coaster, like yeah, I people are kind of misusing that. But I literally that's how I felt. I, I, you gotta understand my mind state when it comes to these movies. I've been collecting comics since I could remember. My older brother started me, my interest in comics when he wouldn't let me into his stupid comic book club that he had. Uh, and I remember the first comic book that I got was. If I remember correctly, the first comic that I went and bought myself, I think, was Secret Wars number three. And I came home with that shit, and I tried to show it to my brother and his friend Johnny, because they had their stupid comic book club that they wouldn't let me in. And they were like, oh, but you don't have one and two, and you have three, and you don't even know what's going on. And that right there started my comic career and then there was one day where my brother handed me the he handed me the the reins the i I call it more of the burden it was kind of like the blessing and a curse where he handed me the stash and i was now in charge of maintaining and um keeping these comics and i'm talking about eight years old is as far back as i can remember being involved with comic books uh, and I still have those comics that he gave me, plus the hundreds that I've added on top of it. They're in storage. I'm paying a storage unit to keep my freaking comics in there because that's really all I have. All the other shit that I have in there is stuff that I don't care about. Aside from my Kung Fu flicks, my DVD Kung Fu flicks that I can't get digital. Um, so you have to understand that I've been reading comics and fantasizing about these kinds of movies since I was eight. You're talking about 30 plus years, at least, of wanting to see this happen and finally getting it where the CGI is good enough to pull it off and the actors are actually on board where you don't have like an actor like Dolph Lundgren half-assing going through the motions and I'm not again I'm not shitting on that movie the pun the Punisher movie but because that was something from my childhood that has a special place in my heart but you have to understand um how seeing something like this is extra special for me 
knowing having a not only do I have a eleven film uh, eleven film eleven year build up from this film, I've got thirty plus years of build up where I have a relationship with these characters that I've been reading comics for so long that some of these characters I know backwards and forwards and to see them represented on screen in big budget and having them all together and hearing, uh, I don't want to say anything else cause I, Oh, I almost dropped a spoiler. Um, just getting them all on screen and they're all, they've all been set up individually in their own films or group films or whatever. And just, it's just emotional roller coaster doesn't really, encompass the 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 feeling but again it's the word it's the only word i really i can really think of and my first one word thought was emotional that's just this movie had me uh spinning like a top so i don't think i can go any further non-spoilerish without saying slipping and saying something so i should probably just stop here um i will say that um, this film, I can imagine if you haven't seen the other movies and you go into this one, it's going to be a little difficult for you to be on board. Plus, why would you do that? Why would you go see Endgame and not see at least Infinity War? Um, I don't understand the people who are doing that, but there have to be people doing it because this movie's already made a billion with a B. It's insane. Um... So, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, if you're a fan of this, go see the movie. If you're not a fan, go see the movie. (laughs) Go see the movie. Just go. Just go see it. Please don't, don't skip out on a theater experience, okay? I saw this movie in real 3D, and then I got to watch it um, in 4K Sony Digital. Um, um, When I saw it the second time... When I got out, I was like, okay, I'm good. I've seen it twice in the theaters. I don't need to pull a Force Awakens. For those who don't know, I saw the Force Awakens five times in the theaters. Um, I said, I'm good. I don't need to go crazy. I'm done. And now I'm sitting here. Actually, yesterday I was kind of getting that itch like, you know, I I should go see this again. I really should. And, uh... I might go see it again. I really think I'm 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 about eighty seven percent there. Like the bar is loading and uh I'm about to press control I and speed this shit up. That's a reference. If you know that reference, you are listening to the right podcast. Um So yes, go see this film. Go see it. Uh you will not be disappointed at no point. Is there, uh, some people are saying that the movie is slow start, starts off slowly. Those people are, people like that irritate me because Infinity War was like, bam, 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 action scene after action scene after action scene, like it didn't let up. And this movie actually builds up. It shows you what happens to the world after the snapping. Um, it gives you character development. It shows you where these characters are in their heads. And um, it's 
just, I don't want to say perfect, and I almost did, but this movie is, uh, I mean, it's fucking phenomenal, so... Phenomenal. 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 So if you haven't seen this film yet, just go see it. I can't give it a high enough rating. Uh, We don't do ratings on this show. I I can't stress enough how fantastic this film was. So um, just go see it. You can't go wrong with it. And with that being said, it's now time to go full spoilers, no holding back. So if you have not seen the film yet, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. I bid you adieu. I love you all very much. Thanks for tuning into this little 16-15 minute podcast. And I will see you next time on the Everything Podcast. But if you're going to stick around, be ready and just know that after this little break, there will be no holding back. So, if you're not going to join me for that, peace and love. And I'll see you when I see you, homies. No, you know. You know I had to start it off like this. You know I did. Come on. This is it. This is the, the literal end game for the 11-year build-up, man. Full of spoilers. Spoiler-frilled. So, you know, I had to bring in the Marvel Studios logo. Come on. You know it had to happen. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't already know, this is going to be a full spoiler impression review of Avengers Endgame. As you just heard, if you're still here and you're still here with me, I gave a pretty glowing review, non-spoiler version, um, earlier on this podcast. And I started it off with a first thought, and my first thought was emotional. Okay, that was my first thought, non-spoiler. Now that we are in full spoiler territory, my first thought is Steven Rogers is worthy. God damn it. Steven Rogers is worthy. I knew he was always worthy. We knew he was always worthy. And now we have it in goddamn cinema. Full, HD, crispy, Steve Rogers, wielding Mjolnir. And, uh, oh, how glorious was that? So before we get into all that, (sighs) now that I can speak freely, then I got that off my chest. Um... So let's just start from the very beginning, huh? The movie... Wow. What an experience, man. So this film opens with Hawkeye and his family on the farm. And they're just enjoying a nice day. Uh, You know, he's teaching his daughter how to um, shoot a bow. And uh, the wife is making hot dogs. The boys are running around in the yard, and uh, Hawkeye turns around for a second, or Clint, I should say, turns around for a second, and uh, when he looks back, his daughter has been vanished, where you see the little 
the little smoke particles from Infinity War. And then he turns around and his whole family's gone. And he freaks out. Um, And if you listen closely, you hear in the background a lot of explosions happening. Things blowing up. But you hear them faintly. Because they're so far removed from everything that's going on. um, You know, that they... You know, you hear it in the happening in the background. Fantastic scene. Uh, a hell of a way to open this movie. Was not expecting that. Um, and but and when I say I wasn't expecting that, I, I just mean I didn't expect them to start with that scene. Um, once I saw Clint's ankle bracelet on, I kind of knew what what was going to happen there. Uh, I figured this was uh, obviously pre-snap. And um, I figured that this was uh, basically going to... What happened, basically, I figured what was going to happen. So, I can say that is the one thing that did not surprise me in this film. Other than that, pure shock and awe. Pure shock and awe. Pure shock and awe. I felt like I had to say that three times. So, um, Jeremy Renner's acting in that scene was killer. He went from loving father... uh, to soldier like you know not to for lack of a better word in a snap um it was fantastic opening up the movie that way was uh jarring but i think it was necessary definitely to get you on board with where they find hawkeye later in the film so after that um and I'm going to try to go through this film as far as I remember it. I did see it twice, but I don't have everything memorized, obviously. Um, I'm going to try to go through this piece by piece and take my time. I'm not going to do a whole overview of the film for you, but I'm going to try to go and hit the hit the bullet points that I had. So, after that scene, um, Marvel logo hits, and not the Stan Lee Marvel logo, which I was expecting... Um, but I guess that was just special for Captain Marvel, which is actually kind of cool that, uh, if you want to see that particular, um, opening logo, you have to watch one particular movie. That's pretty cool that they saved it just for that. Um, I wouldn't have minded if that was just the logo from here on out, but you know, they don't have to do that. Uh, so after this scene, they basically take you to the Benatar in space where, Tony Stark and Nebula are on board and they've been without power on the ship for I think he said 20 something days um, and they basically ran out of food, ran out of water Tony looks I mean he looks frail he's very skinny um, he looks dehydrated malnourished um, Nebula obviously being basically um, 80% mechanical, she can survive in these conditions. And at one point, um, Tony goes to hand her the last of whatever it is they were eating, and she pushes it back to him like, no, you have it. And um, he ends up eating the, the last of the food. So this was pretty cool because they had Tony at the, be- at the beginning of the scene. Obviously, it was earlier in their um sorry i didn't mean to do that this you know it showed them earlier in the 
like being broken down and then it showed them a little later where they're playing like finger football and nebula's uh playing with him and it shows you just how, how their relationship built up um over the time that they were stranded on the ship i ended up falling in love with nebula in this movie i feel like she anchored this film uh every scene that she was in i was basically mesmerized i liked her before but fuck if i didn't fall in love with her in this movie that is a fucking and i'm sorry for i'm just gonna be dropping a lot of f-bombs here i'm gonna be again we don't hold our tongues on this show we really don't um fuck if i didn't fall in love with nebula in this movie she was great in this movie um so you know tony's basically about to die it seems like on the ship because he basically leaves a message for pepper a final message he's been leaving her like vlogs vlogs did i say that he's been leaving her logs through the helmet uh recording messages now i don't know if it was implied that the helmet was sending these messages off or if he was recording them i think he might have just been recording them on the helmet and then if they find the helmet they would play them for her i think that's what he said because he said if you find these messages so i think i just kind of answered my own question but it wasn't really clear if he was sending them off through some kind of signal um hoping that she got them or if it was just uh being saved so he sends her one last message and it's he just lays on the floor and it seems like he's about to die and nebula goes and picks him up and puts him in the captain's chair and you know kind of puts his head up to face out to look out towards the horizon cuz i guess she feels like you know she kind of it, it to me it was kind of like a respect thing like yo nah you're not going to die here on the floor like some kind of animal you, you sit in your chair you know you've you've done a lot and I saw you on that fucking battle on Titan. You sit in this chair and you die like a fucking man. And you sit here and if you're going to die like that, you're going to die in the captain's chair. Which I thought was really cool. Um, so they put him in the chair. Well, she puts him in the chair. She uh, kind of caresses his shoulder a little bit and then she walks away. And then you kind of hear some kind of, it kind of sounded like explosions. And then you kind of see a little light building on his face. And... um he wakes up and he doesn't really know what he's seeing and you see him kind of react to something happening and his face kind of lights up like whoa what the fuck is going on and then they pan out into space and you see this light beam just coming right towards the benatar and it becomes very bright um and then it just dies down and it's captain marvel and captain marvel is there to save the day i guess they found either Either Rocket found a way to track the ship, or maybe they were tracking the messages he was sending. They don't really explain it, but somehow they were able to um, send Captain Marvel to go pick Tony up. Now, in uh, Infinity War, obviously, you see the pager thing happening where they call her. And then... um, Damn, where was it where Captain Marvel says where's... Nick Fury. Was that in... Oh, it was at the end of Captain Marvel. Duh. Um, at the end of Captain Marvel, if you haven't seen it, the post credit scene is that she shows up on Earth at the uh, Avengers... You know... What do you call it? It's not exactly a mansion, is it? It's their little... Uh, 
headquarters, Avengers headquarters. She shows up and she says, where's Nick Fury? So it's kind of cool that they left that out of Endgame because we didn't really need to rehash that. So basically you kind of, they Marvel's telling you, hey, put two and two together. She went there, they talked, they figured who each other was, they figured out who each other was and shit. Uh, she explained herself, they explained themselves, and then they sent them, they sent them off to find Tony because they found a signal, bada bing, bada boom, and they freaking sent her out there because she's, you know, she can do that space shit. Now, the one thing I will say is that Captain Marvel's appearance on screen got zero reaction in my theater. And that's not hyperbole. I went to see the movie twice and two times, zero reaction. Now, I've watched a YouTube video earlier today where it was like a reaction to scenes of the movie. And she got a big reaction in the video that I watched. So, I'm just saying... uh, so she finds Tony, she, and, and and I want to throw this in there because I know I'm, I'm being labeled as the Captain Marvel hater. I actually, when she appeared, I was like, oh shit, like I, I reacted to it positively. And then when I saw her carrying the fucking Benatar to Earth and setting it down on the floor, I exclaimed, wow, what a fucking badass. Like, I... That shit was awesome. She's OP. The issue I have with her is how the hell are they going to make a, a, a... And they kind of... She wasn't in this movie a lot. So that's one way that they were able to um, kind of play off how powerful she is. Because she was not in this movie a lot. Um, and my thing is how the hell are they going to make a movie with her? Because she's OP. Like she's she's strong as shit. She's stronger than, I mean, at one point, she gets, Thanos headbutts her and nothing. And she doesn't even blink at that shit. Um, so, I'm, conf- I'm I'm a little, it's like the Superman thing. Like, how the hell do you make a movie where you have you have Superman, and, and for that matter, a video game. How do you make Superman, like, relatable when he's so powerful? Like, this is literally the same thing, because she's fucking op but um so she brings down the benatar to earth tony gets reunited with cap black widow war machine the whole thing uh they introduce nebula um nebula gets back together with rocket uh, and they can mourn a little bit and tony is like the first thing he says is i couldn't stop him and then Cap says to him, neither could we. And, uh, you know, he tells him, I lost a kid. Cap is like, we lost. Whew. So they, he's like, yo, we lost almost everything. Uh, so they kind of, they get back together and you kind of see them. Uh, they're like happy to see each other, but they're sad and they're disappointed in what happened. Um, and then they, they're in the war room, basically, and they're explaining to each other what the hell happened. Uh, the Earth Avengers are explaining to Tony exactly what happened. Tony's pissed off because he feels like the suit of armor around the world theory that he came up with in Age of Ultron. They should have let him do it instead of uh, worrying about, you know, uh, sounds, it sounds like a cold world, uh, as Cap said um, to Tony in, in, in Age of Ultron. Uh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. 
and I'm sorry. I'm trying to be a little too meticulous here, and it's, it's kind of driving me crazy because there's I, like my brain's going faster than my mouth can talk. So Tony's pissed. He feels like the Avengers failed, and they failed because he they didn't listen to him. Long story short, uh, he takes his chest piece off and hands it to Steve and tells him, here, when you see Thanos, you put this on and you try to fucking do something. And he basically has a uh, panic attack and passes out from lack of nutrition and uh, just he's a mess. He's like, he looks anemic at this point. And uh, they lay him down, they give him fluids, and Captain Marvel's like, all right, I'm out. And they're like, yo, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to go kill Thanos. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit. Uh, can we go too? Because <laughs> we're the Avengers. She don't. She doesn't need them, but uh, she agrees to... They all get on the Benatar. Uh, somehow they repair it, I guess, because Rocket's there. and Rocket knows his ship. He repairs the ship. Um, they head off into space, and they track Thanos because uh, the gems, when he came to Earth... There was a power surge when he teleports. And they tracked that power surge when he teleported to Wakanda. They tracked it when he uh, took the... He teleported away. And then they said there was another power surge two days ago on this planet. So that's how they end up finding him. So he used the gems again on some distant planet. And they're like, okay, that's where we need to go because that's the last place that he used them. He's got to be there. And then Nebula confirms, yes, that's the Garden Planet. That's where he always said he was going to go when he completed his mission. Yada, yada, yada. So they head over there. Um, Captain, Mar- Cap- Captain Marvel. Wow. Captain Marvel, Captain America, Rocket Raccoon, Nebula, War Machine, um, Dr. Banner, and Thor. They head towards this planet. Um and then they get there right before they land Captain Marvel jumps out of the ship she says I'm gonna go do recon check the shit out make sure it's you know see what we're dealing with she goes down there she basically says yo it's just Thanos there's no army there's no ships there's nothing it's just him so they get down there uh, they kind of uh, she ambushes him straight up and he was down there, like, cooking himself dinner, making little herbs and spices and shit. He didn't look like he's ready for any kind of altercation. He's got the gauntlet on, and it seems to be, like, uh, kind of, what is the word I'm looking for? Charred and cauterized onto his arm. Um, and then when he reveals his face, you see half his face is kind of burnt. Um, and he's just, like, cooking himself dinner. He's walking with a little bit of a limp, so he looks a little fucked up, and uh, Captain Marvel charges in, knocks him over, puts him in a fucking Urukai fucking chokehold, pulls his head back, like, where he can't uh, basically breathe. Uh, Here comes Dr. Banner out of the ground in a um, Hulkbuster armor, grabs Thanos' arm. And then uh, they basically hold him down. Thor runs in, chops his fucking arm off. Uh, they look at the gauntlet, no gems. And Thanos explains that that power surge they found the other day was him destroying the gems by using the gems. Because he feels his job was done. 
the only other thing that those gems can do is create more temptation to do other things and he didn't want to do that so he destroyed them and at that point they thought he was lying and the nebula says no my father's many things but he's not a liar and uh at that point thor decides hey well i'm gonna go for the head this time and chops his fucking head off that was a big shocker wasn't expecting that to happen but um yeah that's the beginning of the movie basically uh because after that they kind of time jump into the future uh well they propel the, the 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 story point five years into the future after that scene so before i get into that um this one of the things in the movie that kind of took me aback a little bit was how um and obviously they didn't show all of earth reacting they didn't show how the news and all that you know were covering everything but i the way um the remaining people were kind of reacting to the disappearance was i i i don't think it was very like i don't think it was too realistic like for me personally having like a you know a, a kind of having a background in religion growing up the way i did um just hearing about revelation and all this shit and how it's supposed to happen and yada 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 um supposedly going by how i was taught when i grew up uh god comes back he takes uh all his disciples into heaven so all these people disappear um just like that like basically like the snap people just vanish off of the earth they go to heaven and then for the next seven years is war and then god comes back and he purges the planet and earth becomes the new heaven all the people who went up come down and you live on a new earth that's supposedly the bible revelation and the reason i explain that is because this world that we live in is so consumed with fucking religion and i mean going back into history all the wars have basically been because of religion uh so my thing is there would have i feel like there would have been a lot more chaos on earth uh had this actually happened especially going into year five getting closer to that seven year mark the religious zealots would have been fucking losing their minds they would have been all kinds of chaos uh people doing all kind of wild shit i th- and you didn't really see any of that in this film you saw kind of like just a bunch of people who were depressed and they were everybody was just sad everybody's sad um you know the streets were kind of littered with trash and uh there were cars just left everywhere uh there were a bunch of boats on ellis island just emptied because i guess a bunch of people from other continents just decided to come to america because you know america is the shit uh and um it was a lot of desolation and there was a lot of like just sad people and i think they could have done a little more as far as uh showing more chaos but i will say that i don't think that would have fit in the film like i'm just saying how i think the world would have been had this actually happened um 
I'm not saying that they needed to put that into the movie, but just seeing everybody just be really sad was kind of just a little, it was a little jarring to, to, to see that kind of, uh, take on what would actually happen if a bunch of people just disappeared and, you know, quote unquote died. Um, but listen, after that scene where Thanos gets his arm cut off and his head cut off, I'm not going to sit here and go through the whole movie with you, but shit just gets real. And, uh, the first 45 minutes was basically build up for the, uh, not for the final battle, because this is a three hour film, but the first 45 minutes in the build up and them figuring out how to, you know, pull off a time heist when Ant-Man comes back and he lets them know about the quantum realm and how things work there. It was, it was, I think the buildup was fantastic. I heard a lot of complaints from people saying that the movie started off too slow. I think that's silly. Um, you want a three hour film, but you don't want buildup. Like that, did, I went over this earlier, but it's like Infinity War was action, action, action. Right from, right from jump, it was just straight up action scene, action scene, action scene, people fighting, people fighting, and it was jumping around all over the place. And it did a fantastic job of keeping the pacing. You know, I have no complaints about Infinity War. But this movie had very little action in the beginning of the movie. And it was just building and building and building up until it hit the crescendo when they started going through the time jumps. Because at, at, at one point in the film, uh, they decide to go back in time through the quantum realm. To get the gems from different points in uh, the past. So they can make their own gauntlet and snap everyone back into um, existence. Which is, that's the basic plot of the movie and that's their plan. Is to go back in time. So they go, they try to put the crew back together. They go to Tony. Tony wants nothing to do with it. This is five years later. He has a baby. Uh, the, The kid's about four years old, maybe five. Um, her name is Morgan Stark, and he has a you know he has a beautiful daughter. He's got a nice life, uh, uh, a nice life with Pepper, um, and he's happy. He doesn't want to undo anything that was that happened. He he wants the last five years to stay the way they were, and he's he's moved on. But the Avengers have not, specifically Black Widow, Captain America, definitely have not moved on. They feel like there's something more that needs to be done. And they don't know what it is. And then here comes Scott Lang coming back from the quantum realm. And he has this vague idea of a plan in using the quantum realm to kind of jump off into different time periods. So they need a big brain to help them kind of conceive how they would do that. So their first thought is to go to Tony. Tony wants nothing to do with the situation. So then they go to Professor Banner, who is now Professor Hulk. Because he's figured out a way to, I think he said he was 16 months. He was uh, using Gamma to kind of merge the man and the monster. And now he's basically Bruce Banner in the Hulk's body. Which, when I, when, it first, when I first saw it, it was pretty cool. 
I'm like, all right, now we got Professor Hulk. He's going to kick ass and he's going to be smart. Pretty cool. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys that I didn't totally care for at the end of the movie. Um, when I got to the end and I saw everything there was to see. I kind of didn't love Professor Hulk. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. Because I was expecting redemption for the Hulk. Um, as far as what happened with Thanos, how he got his ass kicked. And how he was so afraid to come back out. Um, it just, they didn't bring that up at all. And uh, there was no big, I am Hulk, hear me roar moment. He was like a peace-loving, uh, groovy, fucking taco-eating Hulk. Which, again, if I'm going to nitpick one thing from this movie, I guess that's it. Because that's really all I can do. Because everything else was fantastic, but... I wasn't too big of a fan of the Professor Hulk, how they they had that character set up. Um, actually, Professor Hulk is the one who brings everyone back because they go back in time and they do get the gems. Um, and Hulk is the one who ends up using the gems because they want Thor to use the gems. But Thor is really screwed up. After five years, he's just been drinking and gaining weight. And he looks like fucking the dude from The Big Lebowski. Um, So he's all mentally out of it. And they didn't want him putting the gauntlet on. So they had the Hulk do it. And it basically fried his arm almost off. Um, But he snapped everyone back into reality. And once he did that, um, on the other side of things, um, Nebula from our time gets captured by Nebula in the past because they ended up going she ended up with going with War Machine to Morag to get the power gem and uh because she's so cybernetic part of her signal merged with the signal of the Nebula in that time and they found out about each other like that they were there so like bad Nebula from the past was like, at first she didn't know what the hell was going on, but she knew something was up. So Thanos, who was a complete badass in this movie, um, kind of looked into her memories and he learned everything. So he got a wristband that Tony Stark created. He figured out how to use the wristband to go back in time. The wristband has the actual suit. So what it seems like to me is that he gathered his army either from the future or the past. I'm not sure what he did. I'm assuming he went into the future and grabbed um, this army because uh, he had his whole crew, Proxima Midnight and Ebony Maw and all these people. Plus he had Jatari and he had Wave Riders from Infinity War. Um, He grabbed this massive army and kind of went back when Nebula activated the time machine, quote unquote, the her, his ship pops up and it's just kind of hovering outside Avengers HQ while they snap everyone back into reality. And then that's where the big fight happens. So, um, you know, I don't want to sit here and go into the whole thing, but which is, I keep saying that and I keep doing it anyway. But the positives in this film, just I mean, there's so many, but the acting... Again, Hawkeye at the beginning was fantastic. Um, Chris Evans, standouts in this movie. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, 
fucking killed it in this movie. Him, he was emotionally all over the place in this film. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark, um, Nebula fucking fell in love with her in this movie. Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson in this film broke my heart when she was just... At one point, she's crying. And uh, it really... Her tears were tears of pain. And like, yo, I fell in love with her, bro. Uh, not that I didn't love her already. Just looking into her eyes and um, that face. And just, she was crying. And um, she ends up fucking dying in this movie. Sacrificing herself so they can get the soul stone. Um, straight up fell in love with her in this movie. Nebula as a character is probably one of my favorite characters now. She's great in this movie. She's a badass. She can fight. She shows emotion without being emotional. Uh, she plays her role fantastically. Like she's, I feel like she was the anchor in this film because she was a little in a little bit of everything. Like she was involved in everything, and she was fantastic. I, I really can't say enough about Nebula. Thanos. Thanos in this film, dude. He was cunning. Uh, methodical, he was like evil, uh, he had, um, like in Infinity War, what I was saying earlier is that he, um, he wasn't, I didn't hate him in Infinity War because he had a plan and he had a belief that this was the right thing to do for the galaxy. Mind you, it's insane, but his belief was that this is what needs to get done, and I'm going to do it. And I know it's going to do it. It's my fate. It's my destiny. I'm going to get these gems. I'm going to call the universe, and that's it. I'm going to retire once everything is perfectly balanced, and it's going to be good to go. In his head, he had a mission, and he felt like it was right. Um, And it was hard to hate him. Because he was so methodical. In this movie, he was just a bad guy. Like, he was a bad guy, and you wanted him to get his ass kicked. He, the speech that he gives to Captain America during, right before their, um, the big fight happens, he tells Captain America, um, he goes, Usually, I don't take pleasure in calling these planets and then he goes to him but I have to tell you that what I'm about to do to this annoying little planet I'm going to enjoy it I'm going to really enjoy it and you just like you motherfucker you just wanted him dead uh, <laughs> and that's a credit to Josh Brolin and his acting bro that Thanos in this movie was fantastic just from his fighting style you know, he wasn't fully powered and OP with the Infinity Gems. He was just Thanos. And uh, there's one point in the fight where Captain Marvel pops up. And she, he's, got the, he's got the gauntlet on. And she goes to... She literally stops his fingers from snapping. Um, so she's holding his fingers back. Um, and he can't snap his fingers. And... Um, Again, this goes to her being super OP and what I was talking about before with the headbutt. He had the fucking 
excuse me, I'm sorry. He had the gauntlet on. And she's trying to either rip it off or break his fingers. I don't know what she was trying to do, but she was basically holding him back. And he headbutts her. Bro, she didn't even blink at that shit. She just was looking at him and she got more pissed off when he did it. So he fucking gets the idea to rip off the power gem with his other hand and absorb the power gem into his arm and then he knocks her the fuck out basically he punches her in the face knocks her the fuck out you don't see her for the rest of the movie until the end where they're having the funeral for Mr. Tony Stark um fucking phenomenal like these are things that you can't imagine seeing in cinema um and it's like these are comic come to life, man. It's a, it's literally a comic book come to life. That was one of my favorite moments. Um, obviously, Captain America lifting Mjolnir, if I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> That's a highlight that you can't. It can't be understated how fucking cool it was to see him pick up Thor's hammer. Um, like so, Thor basically is fighting with Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. He's got both. And um, him and Tony and Captain America go attack Thanos at the beginning of this this battle because they end up bombing Avengers HQ after the snap, after the Hulk redoes the snapping. Ant-Man's looking out the window because he kind of feels like, oh shit, there's a lot of birds outside. And he kind of feels like it worked. And then Clint Barton's phone starts ringing and his wife is calling him. So you know, basically, she's back. So people have come back. Um, and then, right as that happens, Thanos fucking carpet bombs Avengers HQ. Destroys it. Uh, lays waste to that entire area. It's like blackened and there's smoke in the sky. It almost looked like another planet. Um, so then, Cap, Thor, and Iron Man head out to go fight Thanos because they basically crawled out of the wreckage of the building while everyone is still trying to everyone else is trying to get out. Um, uh, Ant-Man's busy trying to save Hulk and War Machine and Rocket because they're like deep underground. Hulk is basically holding up the fucking building with one arm. Um, Cuz his other arm is basically like fucking burnt toast dead. Uh, and uh, they go to approach Thanos and they the three of them are fighting him together. So before they get into the battle, Thor puts both his arms out, Stormbreaker comes in, bah, Mjolnir comes in, bah, and then his eyes light up, lightning hits him, and he gets into, like, war garb, which was dope, because he was still fat, but he was, like, ready to fight, which is pretty fucking cool, um, so, they're fighting, and it gets to the point where Tony gets knocked the fuck out accidentally by Mjolnir, uh, Cap gets swatted away, um, and Thor is basically laying down on his back, and Thanos has Stormbreaker, and he's trying to push the back of Stormbreaker. He's pushing back on it, and the blade from the axe is cutting into Thor, so he's basically about to kill Thor, because he's pushing the axe into Thor's chest, and Thor's just laying there like he can't do shit. Um, and he's, he's like, oh shit, I'm gonna die. Thanos is fucking smiling, like, yeah, bitch, I'm gonna kill your ass. And then, uh... You see Mjolnir just raise a little bit off the ground. And then it hits Thanos in the head. 
kind of sends him flying back a little bit. Um, and then comes back around and you see it flying. And you're like, you're not really sure what the hell's going on. And then you just see Captain America pull back his arm and catch it. And raise his shield up. And you're like, oh, shit. Bro, I lost it. I lost it. I lost it. I lost it at that part. I was... Obviously, during this whole movie, I was giddy, screaming like a child. Um, and uh, it was emotional. I Like, I teared up at different points of this movie for different reasons. Usually, you, you know, you tear up because of sadness. But, yo, I was tearing up from happiness, excitement, sadness, um, I just wonderment whatever emotion i had that's that again emotional roller coaster it was all these different emotions and i just like had tears in my eyes just because this is you just can't imagine someone taking such care with something that you love and putting it up for the world to see and it being so good so good that you just can't you can't even imagine it and then you see it, and you're like, fuck, your body can't even handle it. So that was another highlight for me. Giant Man was a highlight for me when he fucking Scott Lang pops up through the wreckage. He has a Hulk in his hand, and he just kind of puts him down on the floor, and he's freaking Giant Man running through the battlefield. Captain America versus Captain America was another highlight for me. Uh, Cap goes back in time to where right after they... Uh, not just Cap, but it was basically uh, Cap, um, the Hulk... And, uh, Tony and, uh, fuck, who was the other one? I can't remember. Was it, uh, Scott? Yeah, Scott Lang. Uh, they go back to the Battle of New York. And, um, <laughs> I don't, how do I even go explain this? It was crazy. So, they defeat Loki, and they're kind of, like, following them. The Avengers from now are kind of following the old Avengers down the elevator. And they did a lot of cool little things where they, um, like, if you've seen the Avengers a thousand times like I have, you know, you didn't get to see all these little things that, they show you little things that happen afterward where, like, uh, you know, paperwork and red tape and all this shit kind of get in the way of things, of being a superhero. And you kind of got S.H.I.E.L.D. trying to get involved. And like, no, we want that. Give us the Tesseract. That suitcase belongs to us. It's been in our hands for 70 years. And, you know, Tony's like, no, we're not giving this to you. And Thor's like, I'm taking Loki to Asgard. They want to interrogate Loki. Uh, it, it was cool to see all these little things happening. That's like little red tape shit, government shit that happens. That would actually really happen in real life. Um, and at one point, um, Cap takes the Tesseract. And past Cap tracks him down, thinking he's Loki. And then they get into a fist fight. That was a fucking highlight. Another highlight for me, very subtle, but when future Captain America gets on the elevator and takes the Tesseract suitcase by saying, Hail Hydra, uh, that was just fucking like it was so subtle and it was unexpected I just did I, I got a big laugh out of that that was one of my favorite moments um uh yeah 
I, I, those are probably my big highlights. Uh, the whole movie was a highlight for me, but those particular areas kind of uh, were one of my bigger, bigger emotional moments for me. Um, tearjerkers in the movie. Obviously, I already went over this. Black Widow dying for me. I kind of felt. Now I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna try to explain this as best I can. So Black Widow dies. Tony Stark dies. Um, obviously, Tony Stark is a bigger character than Black Widow. Now, for me, um, I all along have thought Captain America was going to die. I always thought Cap was going to die. He was going to sacrifice himself to save whoever. I didn't know exactly how, but I always thought that he was going to be the one to sacrifice himself. Um, and I always thought in the back of my head, yo, Cap's going to die, bro. It's going to be so sad. Even when the Infinity War trailer came out last year, um, and at the end of it, Thanos is pushing, Cap is holding his hand back, and Thanos is pushing forward. I thought he was going to die in Infinity War. Um, and I've always maintained that I thought he was going to be the one that gets killed. Black Widow dying, I had no idea that was going to happen. I didn't have an inkling of a thought that she was going to be killed. So when she actually died, bro, I actually, <gasps> like, I, I, I was like, my breath was gone. I was like, oh, my God. And her arc throughout the movie was, um, it was fantastic, dude. I just really, shout outs to her and her acting, the writing in this movie, um, the, the way they, <coughs> excuse me, the way they, um, they did that scene because it was Hawkeye and Scarlet, uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow basically fighting each other to see who was going to sacrifice. And at the end, Hawkeye jumps off the cliff, but Black Widow has that repel, uh, you know, she has the, she has like that hook that she can shoot out of her, her arm contraption where she can like swing and shit. So she uses that and she attaches it to Hawkeye's belt to where he can't take it off and put it on her, he's stuck. He basically is stuck with, he has to pull himself up and he was not strong enough to lift her up and himself so she basically pulls away and there's nothing he can do and she sacrifices herself that shit hit me like a fucking brick um so her death was more emotional for me than tony simply because when we got to the end of the film and tony gets the gauntlet he says i am iron man he snaps his fingers uh he ends up snapping away Thanos and his entire army into the ether, uh, and that doing that kills him. Um, when I saw him laying there, and it it was apparent to me that he was gonna die, I was like, "Oh, this makes perfect sense." And I and I realized, "Damn, yeah, this is after eleven years." This makes perfect sense because in the Avengers, they have that argument where uh, him and Steve have that argument where uh, Steve Rogers says, if it comes down to it, you'd never be the one to put your life on the line for anyone else. And this is not verbatim verbatim because I don't remember it exactly, but he says something to the extent of 
Uh, you know, when it comes down to it, you you wouldn't be the one to step on the wire to save your fellow soldier. And he goes, well, I would just cut the wire. And then he goes, always and out, you know. Um, and then they almost fight or whatever. But um, this whole thing has been basically uh, Tony's journey from selfishness to selflessness. Uh, and he sacrifices himself for his friends and his daughter and the world and it made perfect sense like I, when it when it was happening i couldn't even get emotional because it was like this makes perfect fucking sense i don't i can't believe that i didn't think this nigga was going to die like how did i not know iron man was going to be the one to die in this um and uh so big tearjerker for me was Black Widow's death, and I explained that whole Tony thing just because, just to, so you understand why Black Widow's death hit me harder than Tony's. Because Tony's, when it when we got to it, first of all, I had been already crying the whole fucking movie, so I I can't cry anymore, bro. Come on. <laughs> uh, so by the time we got to Tony, it hit me like, damn, this makes perfect sense, dude. Of course he dies. So I kind of like accepted it already looking back on everything what did get me emotional was tony interacting with his father in the past that was uh i don't think it was meant to be too emotional uh but it definitely hit me in a way where uh it it caught me uh a little off guard any negatives on this film again i can't uh i can't say negatives the only thing the only thing I had that I didn't love was Professor Hulk. Um, and just just the fact that he didn't do any smashing. That's really the only problem I had with him. And the fact that he was like a hippie. I didn't care for that. But, again, you're talking about nitpicking a little string out of a ball of yarn. Like, the, this, this movie's fantastic. Um, and in no way, shape, or form is my dislike for the Professor Hulk... Um, gonna affect me watching this movie there's no fucking way i'm gonna watch this movie a thousand times and i'm gonna love it every time um but just he didn't get any redemption from infinity war bothered me a little bit but at the end of the day you know the movie's fantastic dude um shuri didn't have any lines she said not one thing in this whole movie and they kind of went out of their way to give really the big characters um, something, um, even Winter Soldier, who, I mean, at the end, he got lines, and you can see in his face, I'll get into that in a little bit, but at the end, he had lines, um, but even during the big fight, they kind of panned the camera over to him, and he's doing his thing, shooting people, so he got a little bit of something there, and Shuri kind of got that same treatment, she, they showed her with her power blasters, blasting away and shit, um, but she didn't have any lines, and I really like Shuri. Um, so I was hoping she was a little bit more involved, like technology-wise. But she did get snapped away, so uh, I guess they couldn't really, you know, give her too much to do. Stanley's last cameo. I didn't like love it. I mean, I didn't hate it. I you know it's always cool to see Stan Lee, but I just was like, oh, this that was it. 
Like he's driving in a car with a hippie chick and he goes, make love, not war, man. And he drives away. Um, I just didn't. I don't know. I, it didn't really do anything for me. I was expecting more of something a little more emotional. But again, the whole damn movie was emotional. So I don't know what else more I could have wanted. But uh, it's always cool to see Stan Lee, man. I ended up getting a Stan Lee uh, Funko Pop here. He's looking at me. Why are you talking shit about me, son? Excelsior. Um, I have another positive here. Uh, favorite moment of mine that I kind of forgot about. And uh, as I was talking about <clears throat> one of the things here I didn't like. One of the two things that were kind of surprises, I guess, that we can go into. There was actually uh, three things that happened in this movie. One of them was very subtle, and you had to really pay attention to catch it. And the other two were basically right in your face. But at the beginning of the film, Black Widow is having a meeting with um, Rocket, uh, uh, one of the generals of the Dora Milaje, who they didn't really say what her name was, but I guess she's like the new general now because, um, you know, T'Challa and... and, and uh, the other characters got wiped away. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble with names. There's so many people in this movie. Um, so she's having a meeting with General Wakanda, uh, Rocket, and Rhodey, and Captain Marvel. They're having like a teleconference. Um, and the general of the Dormelage is like, each of them are giving like a status report about what's going on in there or whatever. And Captain Marvel's like, yeah, my sector's all fucked up. There's a bunch of shit going on. I've been flying everywhere. Um, and Rocket was... They, I, I want to get more info on what Rocket was saying. Because that also, I think, is something. There's something to that. But I don't remember what it was that he was saying. But the general of the Dormelage was saying that they were tracking a second earthquake that was going on in the middle of the Atlantic. And Black Widow was like, well, what are you guys doing to investigate that? Like, what are you what are you doing? And she goes, well, we investigate it by not investigating it. It's underwater. Like, what are, what are, we, what are we supposed to do? And they kind of leave it at that. Now, for me, being the comic book fan that I am, I thought to myself, is that a Namor reference? Because Marvel Studios just doesn't throw in things like that just because, bro. You gotta know better than that. They're, if they're throwing things in there, it's for a reason. That made it into the movie for a specific reason. And whether we're gonna see that later on, and of course it had to be that news was coming from Wakanda, and there's a rumor that uh, Black Panther 2 is gonna be called The Two Kings, and that Namor will be the protagonist or the antagonist in that movie. Um which will be epic as shit to see the Wakandan army versus the Atlanteans. Um, Again, could I be looking too much into this? Maybe. But I doubt it. I really doubt that that was just thrown in there just because they didn't have anything to write, so they just wrote that. Really? This is Marvel Studios. You know that they do these things purposely. 
So when I heard that underwater, underwater earthquake in the Atlantic, where in the comics, that's where Namor pops out of, is the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, kind of got me a little wet, a little excited. Because I saw DC do Aquaman, and I thought they did a great job. So I can only imagine what Marvel's going to do with that. They're going to... Listen. I, I, I'm not even going to say any more about that. So that was one of the surprises for me in the film. Uh, the second surprise for me that really hit me was seeing the Ancient One uh, on top of... Uh, <laughs> uh, on Bleecker Street, on top of freaking the the... Doctor Strange's crib fighting off the Chitari. Like, that was really fucking cool, man. Like, you got to see a bunch of different things happening in the city uh, that weren't related to what the Avengers were doing. And uh, I thought that was dope. That was fantastic. Seeing her, the whole scene with her and the Hulk, the Hulk trying to explain to her why he needs the time stone and what's going on, and at the end when she finally gives it to him, fantastic. That was a great scene. And finally, the third surprise for me was the formation of the A-Force. Which, if you don't know what the A-Force is, is the uh, that is a comic book um, where it's all female Avengers. And the team is actually started by the She-Hulk, I believe. Um, and it's basically just women Avengers. And they basically did that in this movie. They unofficially form the A-Force in this film. Um, led by basically Captain Marvel because she's obviously the strongest one there out of the group. Um, but there's a scene where she takes the gauntlet from Peter, uh, who's now back, and uh, there's a giant fucking army behind her, which I don't think she would have had any trouble with anyway. But <clears throat> he's like, how are you going to get this through all that? And then I think it was Scarlet Witch who said, don't worry, she has help. And then you see all the women kind of coming down into the scene. It was Scarlet Witch, um, Shuri. uh, Basically, all the women were there. And I name all of them, but they all kind of plop down. And then they charge forward all together. I was like, yo, that was pretty fucking cool, dude. So those three uh, big surprises for me. Um, and obviously at the end with Captain America, but I don't want to give everything away. Uh, but just know that this movie's full of surprises, dude. And if you stayed away from the spoilers, you, you really did yourself a favor because this movie just smacked you in the face with, uh, just fan service. Um, so did any of you guys who saw this movie know who the fuck that kid was standing in the middle of the, the... Standing in the middle of Tony Stark's funeral. Did anyone know who this kid was? It's just some Justin Bieber looking kid. Standing there in front of... Uh, I think he was standing in front of... Maria Hill. And uh, Thaddeus Ross. And I was like... Who the fuck is this kid? Who is this guy? Uh, and it turns out... I had to Google it. And it turns out that's the kid from Iron Man 3. But I don't remember his name... But that's the kid from Iron Man 3 who helped Tony Stark uh, get over his PTSD and build a new suit. So there you go. That's who that kid was. I saw a couple questions about that. I was like, who the hell is this kid? I heard people in the theater like, 
who's that? Who's this? It was like all this buzz. Nobody knew who the hell that was. And I was thinking to myself, who the fuck is that kid? Um, so, yeah, they, that that's there. Um, so there was no post-credit scene in this movie. <clears throat> and I know that I knew that beforehand because I Googled it. Because I always Google it to see if there's one or two or if there's... Because what they usually do is they the movie ends, they play dum 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 dum. Uh, they play the little music and then they show a couple things and then it goes black and then they show you something and then they show you credits and then they show you another something. So I was like, okay, it's already been three hours. It's gonna be three hours. Am I? How long am I gonna have to stay? How many post credit scenes are there? I always looked that up. And when I looked it up and it said there were zero, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, I kind of wasn't happy about that, but I'm kind of spoiled at this point with these things. I, I love the post-credit scenes, um, and I always kind of know where they're going next when they when they show them to you. So there was no post-credit scene, but there was something at the very end of the credits where they showed you the Marvel logo and you hear tinkering. And basically that tinkering is sound effects from the first Iron Man where Tony Stark was building the first suit in the cave. Uh, and that's all there was. And I wasn't sticking around for that. I stuck around for the beginning of the end credits where they showed uh, uh, photostatic images of the actors and with their signatures and, their, and, and them in costume and stuff. That shit was pretty cool. Um, but after that, I bounced because I wasn't sticking around. And I even told a dude who was like sitting kind of next to me as I was walking, leaving the row. He was looking at me with my Thanos shirt and he was kind of like judging me. Like, oh, you're leaving? Really? You're not a fan? And I was like, my nigga, there's nothing. I was like, yo, there's nothing. You can leave, bro. There's no post-credit scenes. There's nothing. And I even told him. I said, the only thing is at the end, they show the Marvel logo and they play like tinkering sounds. That's all it is. There's no, there's nothing. And he was just looking at me like, okay. And I'm like, all right, well, you enjoy this next four or five minutes of scrolling credits. I'm out. Uh, so, yeah, the the fact that there was no post credit scene was kind of, it it, it 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 sucked. But at the same time, like, it didn't really bother me because I, I knew ahead of time that they weren't there. If I would have stayed and waited and nothing would have happened, I would have been a little pissed. But, um... Yeah, it's, it's, you know, obviously I was hoping for like uh, some kind of alternate reality break where you get some kind of an inkling of maybe there's going to be mutants now. Uh, maybe somehow you'll see the beginnings of the Fantastic Four, whether it's the Baxter building being built or maybe they a portal opens somewhere in the war scene where you see somebody you're not supposed to see. Maybe there's something there, and I haven't seen it yet, but I doubt it because I would have. It would have probably been reported already. Um, I would have just, you know, again, I'm being greedy because I I always want more. It doesn't matter how much you get, you always want more. Um, but no, they they really, and from what I understand, this was all done purposely because they wanted this to literally be the end of the arc. No little nagging things to think about what's next. No. Everything got closed off, cauterized, seared, no mas. So, 
you can't be mad at that. Apparently, the Russos are done with Marvel. Uh, that's a little sad to me. Because in between Infinity War and Endgame and the Winter Soldier and Civil War, I just, those dudes for me are fucking, they can't be touched. So I look forward to seeing what they're going to do next. But uh, it kind of makes me sad that they're not going to be involved in this universe. And it makes kind of scares me a little bit. Um, but I'm sure Marvel, at this point, they know what they're doing. So, you know. You can't be too mad at that. So, again, at the end of the day, after these 22 films and 11 years, I just, I'm overjoyed that I own all of these movies. Obviously, not Endgame yet. Uh, and I can watch them whenever I want for the foreseeable future. Um, it's just fantastic. And again, I really don't think we're going to get something like this ever again. I know that Marvel's going to continue, but I just don't see how they can do this again. Like, they're going to give us another 10-year, 11-year saga. I don't see how they do it. I really don't. Because this is it, man. This is Captain America's done. Iron Man's done. You know... They they gotta move on to new characters now. Sam Wilson gets the shield, so he's gonna be. Are they gonna make a new Captain America film with Sam Wilson, with maybe Chris Evans having a small role as old man Captain America? I don't know, but you know, it's it's we're, we're gonna have to see. And I'll tell you, I'll be here for it, whatever it is. But. <clears throat> This was a 22 film masterpiece. Like I consider all these things, all of them together. And now that I can sit back and pick apart every little thing about these movies, it's because I see where it ends. I, it's just, it's just going to be so much better now watching them. So that's it, man. Final thoughts. Uh, fucking, I couldn't ask for anything more, man. I really couldn't. Uh, I mean, I could, but. Again, that's me being greedy, and uh, I really shouldn't be that way because this this was everything I could have possibly wanted in a film. Very happy, elated, even. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I don't know why you listen to this, but if you don't care about spoilers, you really should go experience this for yourself. Even if you've listened to all the spoilers in the world, there's nothing like seeing it with your own eyes and experiencing experiencing it, seeing it with and hearing it and just absorbing it. Take it in and enjoy it, man. We don't get a lot of these things, you know. We could have been watching, you know, Shazam or something. And not that Shazam was horrible, but that movie was so formulaic that it hurt my feelings. Um so when you see something like this, just makes that look like it's not even a film. Like that's like straight to DVD type shit. Um, so nothing against Zachary Levi or whatever, but you don't. They, it can't compare. So go see this movie. I don't know what you're still doing here. If you've if you've been listening to podcasts and watching videos, trying to decide if you should see this or not, dude, go see it. If I'm the one that convinced you to go see it, you're fucking up. You should have already saw it. And if you haven't yet, go. And with that being said, 
ladies and gentlemen. We've come to the end of this spoiler cast. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me to bloviate and get all this information out of my head. Um, I love y'all. I really do. And uh, I'll see you guys next time. So dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. I'm Lou from the BX. And I'm one happy camper. <laughs>